Burroughs and Nick Robinson. Uh, how are we doing today? Or tonight, I should say. I'm good. good. Uh, excited for the redraft. Yes. Finishing up my notes here. Yep. Uh, we are doing a redraft today. Before we get into all that and all the fun stuff, uh, remember to download both the Burner and Zingo TV app available on both iOS and Android devices. Zingo TV is also available on Chromecast, Amazon Fire, and Fire TV Sticks. Roku and Roku Sticks also on all smart TVs 2016 and forward. So yes, we are doing a redraft. We're alternating redrafts and tier makers until we have more news because uh, the off season, especially in the COVID era, uh, we are pressed for, for news at times. I think the only one that really happened today was the McKenzie Weir contract, but that's not big enough for us to really dive too deep into it. So we're going to do a redraft and we're hoping to do every year up until, well, not up until 2020 or 2019 at least, but uh, up until the new year. Uh, so we're, we did uh, 2010, two weeks ago. So we're going to do 2011 um, today. And the drafts were a lot different looking back at what players stuck with their teams, what players bust. Uh, 2010 was pretty brutal, but 2011 was a very good draft class. So um, Nick, without uh, further ado, if you could uh, do the screen share, we'll get going. Um, this is top 15 players. Luke, this is top 15. Yes, it's top so, 15. Pat. Yes. So we're going to get into that. We have the original breakdown from last week, which was um, obviously the pick number and then the original pick the player and the team that picked them uh, last week. I think it was basically a consensus, but I was still wasn't sure if we'd have the consensus one, but I think, or two weeks ago, but I think tonight we all have the consensus one. If we're ready to get into that. Sorry, just working on pulling it up here. That's so ready to go. Uh, not sure if this is the exact same format list we had last week, but this looks way nicer. You are uh, welcome. I uh, spent what? a few minutes on that. Did you? Okay, I that. that's good. It looks, it looks pretty good. Uh, I fixed I it, it, Pat. It I fixed nice. it. What was wrong with it? Uh, a few things. Anyways. Yeah, it looks nice. You did a you did a terrific job, Luke. You did an okay Thank job. You. Um, now we're gonna start with the first pick overall in the 2011 draft. That was, of course, the year uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins was the consensus first overall pick that year. There was really no uh, other choice. Landis Cog and Uberdo went second, third. But I definitely, I think you guys would agree, Ryan Nugent Hopkins back then, I'm sure you guys remember the hype. Yes. Uh, he was the can't-miss prospect of the 2011 draft. Uh, I will start with you, Luke. Was he still your first overall pick? I'm going to assume no, but why don't you tell us? Well, I, now that you say that, I actually want to... Okay, he, okay. Uh, no, he's not my first overall pick. Um Surprise, surprise. My first overall pick is Nikita Kucherov of the now Tampa. Are you going to do it? Or do you want me to do it? Okay, uh, last time Let's we all have... typed it in our own. Uh, Let's have but... one person do it today. Yeah, I'll That's, do it. It's probably I'll do it for yeah. you guys. Uh, any explanation there on Kucherov? I mean, Luke? I think it goes without explaining. Yeah. And like when you when you look at who we're going to get into here, I think um, as we do this, we'll kind of be able to tier everyone into different groups. And I I would assume we'd all agree that he's on his own his own tier there. Yes. At least that's what I think. Yes. But um, I, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. Patrick, uh, your pick, number one overall. Yes, Kucherov. There, like this isn't like I feel like 2010. You could have made the argument for someone other than who we had, which I believe was Mark Stone. Yeah, right. we all had Mark Stone. But this is not that case. Kucherov is on his own level his own tier and anyone else while this was a really good draft and most people in the top 10 are having and are still had good careers. This is yeah. Kucherov's on his own. So. Yeah. I'm going to make it a, a hat trick of Nikita Kucherov's obviously, you know, for all the reasons you guys said, he is a tier above anybody else in this draft for me. Uh, I know Luke and I had a nice scrap when we were back in the studio last year about his worthiness uh, of a heart trophy that he won in 2019. Wait, I, I remember he, that who was, I don't think I said a thing during that. I think I just watched. Yeah, no, that was all between Luke and I. Uh, I was arguing that he should win the Hart Trophy. Luke was arguing against it. I still think he's the worthy winner of that. Uh, Dynamic winger, Nikita Kucherov. Love watching him play. We talked about most exciting players to watch yesterday. We didn't talk about Kucherov, but he's definitely up there. He's awesome. If we can expand on what was just said, I feel like I would probably agree with luke there not that we're getting back into this art debate yeah, two years really. ago, but i feel like that makes sense because tampa was still a good team and tampa probably would have been among the better team in the atlantic right i feel like i have i've explained my opinion on the heart trophy like 
but I feel like we all agree on, on our show because yeah. when we did our predictions, we all said, okay, what's like, what do we think makes a heart trophy winner, a heart trophy winner? We all seem to agreed to agree. So on I, it. I don't, That's I don't know. This... I just don't know how you can give it to Kucherov when he's on that team. I just, in my opinion that year, he was making everybody around him that much better. And that, that was something that really stuck to me. So, but, I don't know. but it's, it's value to the team. And if you take him away, is that team no longer this good? Is, this is the season they went, they did. They, they got won swept, 60, right? 60 games, yeah. But then they got swept, right? Right, right. But yeah, I, so, I don't know, just from my standpoint, he if you took him away, everybody was not playing at that same level that they were playing at. Which is that why team would still so be good, right? That team, that team I think that's, that team would still be close to a contender. Yeah. Yeah, sure. no, uh, it, it, I'm not disagreeing with that. I just still think okay. he is. Uh, the worthy winner, but uh, we'll all agree to disagree. Uh, Luke, we'll go back to you for your second overall pick. This was Gabriel Landeskog went to the Colorado Avalanche. It's a pretty good one. I think you can make a case for him going number two again, but Luke, who did you go with? I think you could make a case for uh, Gabriel Landeskog going second overall, but I won't. I went with Mark Shifley of the now Winnipeg Jets. I think um i think this is where we get into you know there's there's maybe well let me look at my list there's maybe three or four or five players in this next tier um i think i think shifley is kind of the safest bet and again i remember i talked about this the last time we did the redraft how i'm kind of i'm kind of doing this as like building a team right like there's kind of a few ways to approach a redraft but mark shifley safe consistent player um like production wise, there are maybe some, some other options that I'm sure we're going to get into, but I think just in terms of, um, of what you can expect from him on the ice. And then obviously I think one of the best, um, one of the best leaders in the league, I, I would pretty confidently go with him too overall. All right. That's solid explanation. Uh, you know, you're sort of getting into that glut of centermen in this draft high up between Ryan Strome, Mika Zibanejad, Mark Shifley, Sean Couturier, all names I assume that are going to go pretty high on here. Patrick, did you also go with Mark Shifley or did you? Oh, I did. Um, 20 goals and 60 points in five consecutive seasons. Again, Luke mentioned it as well. Leadership, depending on how much, oh, all caps, Ooh, didn't depending mean on how caps. much we, how much stock you put into that. And I do think it is important. And I feel like not, not a safe pick in a bad way, but like, you know what you're getting and what you're getting is, is yeah. a consistent, really dominant center. And um, yeah, I, so I would going to go with Mark Shifley. All right. Well, I guess this is where all the uh, agreeing goes out the window because I did not go with Mark Shifley. I went with somebody who was drafted just before him. Oh man. I just tried to sit there and type it out while I was talking about that. My bad. Uh, I went with Sean Couturier of the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, somebody who I believe to be at least right now in the top three of two-way forwards in the NHL. Uh, I think he's got one Selkie to his name, if I can remember off the top of my head. I probably yeah. should have noted that. Uh, probably deserving of much more. Again, I think he is, uh, if we're talking about actual most underrated players in the entire National Hockey League, it, he's definitely right up there for me. Don't think he gets talked about nearly enough. Obviously, he's been clouded in Philadelphia for a lot of years with Giroux there. But uh, Sean Couturier just does everything you want. Power play, penalty kill. He's dominant play driver at even strength. Uh, for me, he is the second best player in this draft. Luke? That's a good explanation. I have no reason to disagree with it. Yeah, yeah. I, I might have to change up. Yeah, now I mean, like, soon. not this one, though. This one is still Yeah, no, this one's, this one's also the same for me. Yeah, um, no. Okay, go ahead, Luke. Third overall, uh, who was, who, who went third overall? Um, it was Jonathan Uberdeau originally. Jonathan Uberdeau. I went with another John. I went with Johnny Gaudreau. Um, a little tough to make that pick uh, with the season he's coming off of. But aside from that, a heck of a heck of a producer. That's for sure. Um, when you look at just strictly points from this draft. Um, I'm not sure if you guys can see that in front of you, but games played 464, which is far fewer than um, those around him. He's third for points with 445, uh, almost a point per game in that context. But um, yeah, the, like there's a few other guys. And I, I'm guessing, like I said, 
we're going to have four of the same people here. That's my assumption. I just think based on, based on what he can produce, it's, it's kind of the, the, the best bet, especially, um, you know, considering I, if I, if I were to make a Shifley pick, um, this would kind of be the, the player I would go for next. So not to say someone like Couturier and I might have to bump him up from where I had him anyways is a bad pick. I just think in terms of, in terms of pure production, Johnny Gaudreau. Yeah. And again, another solid argument here because Johnny Gaudreau has proven to be one of the best uh, producing wingers in the national hockey league. And I know he had a really off year last year, but I definitely don't expect him to do that again. He should go back to being a pretty dominant player. Patrick, we'll swing it back over to you for your third overall pick. I have the other John, and that is I also the third overall, Jonathan Huberto. Um, I think even though it took him a while to get going uh, offensively after being such a high pick, he's really getting close to hitting his peak. He had 92 points in 2018 or 2000, yeah, 2018, 19 season. I feel like no one really talks about that. He really is a good two-way winger. Um, underrated shooter he's there aren't really many flaws in his game offensively or defensively and while all the attention was on Barkov being the most overrated player in the league and all this stuff uh I honestly think that kind of overshadowed uh Huberto who was very underrated so for that reason I have him uh at third and I also have him above Goudreau because consistency wise he's never really had a bad season it just took him a while to get going offensively so I will keep Huberto there yeah, and, uh, you know, Alexander Barkov, Uberdo's teammate in Florida, is yeah. often the guy that's talked about as being the perennial underrated player in the NHL. But I, you could easily make the argument these days that it's Uberdo because, like you said, he's had a 90-point season to his name now, and that's something, like, nobody knows offhand, really. And it's it's shocking because he is such an efficient producer. Uberdo, and it did take him a while to get going, which I guess accounts for some of that. But uh, very worthy of being the third overall selection. So that's the first one we have to retain their place. I'm not sure if we had any last time we did a redraft. Anybody actually retained their place, but that's kind of cool. Um, I will cap off the third overall picks. Uh, I labeled this guy the second best defenseman in the NHL yesterday. And uh, I go with Dougie Hamilton at number three for pretty much everything I said. If you listen to the show yesterday, uh, again, very efficient play driver at 5v5, good on the power play, good on the penalty kill. He's a jack of all trades. Again, extremely underrated, and he's a favorite of the analytics community. Um, I'm a big fan of Dougie Hamilton, and you know maybe if he didn't like museums so much or whatever, everybody <laughs> always complains about him for being too smart to hang around a hockey team. Maybe he would have uh, moved yeah, around yeah. less in his career than he has to this point. That's but you know, there's a lot of evidence that points to Dougie Hamilton being one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League, and I don't think you can go wrong with that uh, when choosing at third overall. Um, Maybe Patrick, I'll, like go to, I'll go to you this time. You can do your fourth overall pick. We'll just change up the order here a little bit. Sure. Uh, I'll go back to you. Uh, all-time quote there, by the way. Maybe if he didn't like museums so much. I love it. <laughs> uh, I like Dougie Hamilton, but he is not my... Uh, well, he obviously went my third, but my fourth, I am going with Sean Couturier. I've talked endlessly about how you can pick any draft year and how centers are slept on um, and how they typically take longer to develop. And Couturier is a perfect example of that. Um, like a lot of two-way centers, he won a Selkie this year, and I think he's probably going to win another one. Uh, I, I don't see a reason to have him any lower, and I can't think of any reason to have the people I have after above him. So Sean Couturier. All right. Uh, I guess I'll take the next one. We'll we'll punt Luke to the last this round. Uh, my fourth overall pick is somebody that again went lower uh, than fourth overall. I didn't go with Adam Larson again. Uh, he's definitely not in my top fifteen either. Uh, but I went with who the Ottawa Senators actually drafted in this draft, and that is Mika Zibanejad. Again, a, another player. It took him a while to get going, just like Patrick said with Jonathan Uberdo. Uh, Mika Zibanejad, obviously, his time in Ottawa was very, you could see that he was on the verge of something. He was at a very, he was at a crossroads in his career, I think, at the age he got traded out of Ottawa. Whether or not they made a mistake doing that, that's, I don't know. I, I am still in between on it. I guess that's my bias, but I'm What sure was the guys, exact trade? It was Mika Zibanejad and a second for Derek Broussard and a seventh. Um, now, obviously, you can point to the fact that uh, Mika Zibanejad has gone on to become 
a point per game player in the NHL, which I certainly didn't see coming when Ottawa traded him, but uh, the Senators did get a very healthy playoff run out of Derek Broussard and they did trade him for a pretty solid package. Uh, so, but uh, enough on that, like focusing on the player, Mika Zibanejad has become a wonderful sentiment. Again, he has emerged into a player you can play in all situations, whether that be on the penalty kill, the power play. And he's also a great driver at 5v5. I would love to see him play with Artemi Panarin more because I think there might even be a better chance to improve that offensive output. Um, you know, that's crazy given the fact that I think he was about 70 something points in like 50 games this year before yep. the lockout shortened his season. He ha- mm. did have injuries during the season as well. Um, you know, he was on the verge of being a 40 goal scorer this year and the amount of games he did that it's insanely impressive. Um, I, I still think the best is yet to come from him because he's obviously a late bloomer. He seems to have gotten better each year, the past three years. I still don't think he's at his complete ceiling yet. And he's now becoming what the senators drafted him at sixth overall in this draft to be. So Mika Zibanejad is, uh, my number four pick. And I think the New Jersey Devils would have really liked that at the time. Uh, Luke, I will go to you to finish off the fourth overalls. I will say Zibanejad was hard to place. Um, and like he, I feel like you could realistically put him anywhere from four to eight or nine. Anyways, yeah, I agree. I yeah. didn't. Um, I didn't have him at four either. I put, uh, who did I put? I put Sean Couturier at four, the last person to draft him. So similar reasons to go what you guys said, probably um the best best two-way center uh in in these selections i think it's it's you know his play and his reputation kind of speaks for itself he's um what'd you say one one selkie which could probably be and maybe will be will be more um he's only what 27 28 or is he older how old is Turia? I think these drafts probably would be 27 now these guys would be oh yeah yeah we know when he's drafted yeah. So okay. no. Yeah. Yes. Anyways. One of them. He's 27. Um, He's 27. Yeah. Anyway, that's how he, old he is. He yes. is 27. Yes. Anyways, Sean okay. Couturier, fourth overall. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Patrick, I will give it to you again to go with your fifth overall pick. Not to repeat everything you said, but I do have Mika Zibanejad here. Uh, theme with going with the centerman uh, who went later on in the draft. Uh, same thing, like late bloomer. And I do think the best is yet to come. Um, he's only, he's not making that much money either. I don't think. Oh, no, he, he will be a fascinating UFA case when yes. he does finally hit the market in a couple of years, just because. What, do you know when that is exactly? I think two he's years? got two years till he's up and he's not making a lot of money right now, which like, again, it's going to make him a fascinating UFA case. Yeah. But he's, uh, he's fourth in goals and eight in points among players drafted in 2011. And like you said, he, he's only just beginning, uh, not that, not that there was like, there was potential with him and he was still a relatively high pick, but I don't think people expected this much and he's only getting better. And the way he is as a person, he's a very positive person. I like the way he plays. He doesn't really cheat. He and, has, uh, sorry. He has a, uh, a, a music career. Does he's he not? music? Yeah. He's a DJ. He's a DJ. Do you know that pretty, Patrick? Pretty cool Did stuff. Did that. you consider no, that he, when he's you, got, he's got a couple him? of good songs. Like uh, I'm trying to think the one song's called forever. It's actually, it's like on my playlist. It's been on there since like 2017. Wow. It's a really good song. Yeah. It's weird to think if we were to look back, that would put Zibanejad to the Islanders, which is strange. Hmm. That's just so strange to think about. Anyway. Yeah, no, that's like that jersey swap thing that Sportsnet did, uh, I think it was last week, and they had Austin Matthews wearing a Boston jersey, and it just yeah. looked oh, yeah. horrendously wrong. Same thing yeah. with me as a banage on an Islanders jersey. It would just look yeah. so wrong. But uh, yeah, no. So I'll go to my uh, fifth overall pick. Let me just double check who it is here. Okay. Uh, I think I'm the last person to take this guy. Let me just double check here. Yeah, I definitely am. Uh, You guys both took him at second overall. Mark Shifley here for me. Um, You guys pretty much covered all the bases with him. Uh, He is another, I think it's a funny theme of late bloomers in this draft because Mark Shifley definitely didn't look like uh, what he is now until, you know, age 23, 24, when he really started to take off. I think it was in the back half of the 2015, 16 season where he had a really dominant second half of the season. And then uh, by the time 2016, 17 rolled around, the Jets were on the upswing. He was a point per game producer in the NHL. Um, You know, Mark Shifley, big centerman, always had that potential. And I think now um, he sort of cooled off a bit last year, but 
you know, at least a point per game, 70, 80 point centerman, I think is what he is right now. Um, even more when the team is firing on all cylinders. So you can't go wrong with that at this point, fifth overall in the draft. Um, you know, very worthy of being second, like you guys both outlined, but I just have him a bit lower. Luke? Fifth overall. Um, and I, I, before I do that, I do want to, I didn't realize this at the time that you left Shifley this low. I think that's, uh, I think that's a bit too low for Mark Shifley, but um, fight. Well, I, I don't know. I just think, um, I guess the bandage is the only one that really stands out to me to, to put above Shifley. I just, I couldn't do that maybe in a few years, but not yeah. right now. And but, that's um, all, we're also looking at reputation. Like I feel like if Zabanja did not have the year he had this year, would you still have him ahead of Shifley? Nick? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's hard to say, right? It's hard to say because Zabanja was an absolute monster this year and the year before that. So I don't know. It's hard to it's, say if I would have him above him then. It's, they would it's be like, closer. Yeah. They would be closer for sure. But I, I don't know. It's, it's like when we're making the defense list because we're not looking at the year they just had because that's always a recency bias, but we're also not going to look at someone like Shea Weber who's been riding his reputation as a reason to have him there. So you have to be, it's like the fine line between the two, but I, I get that just, yeah. Like with Luke said, I think that is a too low for Shifley. Anyway, Luke, I totally right. cut you off. Who do you have? Yeah, Luke, go ahead. Uh, five overall. I have like the only, I think the only half decent, well, the only good, really good defenseman in the draft. I think you've both, Oh no, you haven't both. Um, Nick has uh, Dougie Hamilton. I think, when you look at, uh, and I was surprised by this, when you look at just the defense that were draft, drafted in, in this draft, it's, uh, it's surprisingly weak. But Dougie Hamilton for sure stands out. Um, and I think just looking at this, I think this is maybe where, well, I was going to say maybe where it drops into another tier, but I would also mm. maybe it he's maybe he's maybe the ledge right there because after this it goes down at least for me but um yeah again uh, i don't i don't think anyone i think hamilton over the past uh that's weird to say his last name alone usually everyone says dougie hamilton um over the past years (laughs) that is true that's a good point i don't know why i don't know why i thought of that (laughs) but when you just say hamilton um i think i think he's kind of uh definitely come out in the past uh I don't know what two, three, two, one to three seasons ish. Um, and a, like a, a solid defenseman. So, yeah. All right. Uh, whose turn is it? It's Patrick's turn uh, to do his sixth overall pick in this draft. Uh, Patrick, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, Dougie Hamilton. Again, like, if he didn't like museums so much, sorry, I just thought that was really, really funny. Uh, no, it, it definitely underappreciated. I realized that last last year, yesterday when we did the defenseman rankings, he's not talked about enough. And this year, especially uh, how dominant he was in Carolina. Um, I feel like he fits into Carolina system very well. Good two way. And yeah, I would put him there. And I'm surprised you didn't have him higher. I am also surprised in him now that I'm looking at it. Um if I could make a change, I might put him ahead of Zabenajad. But again, this is this is a hard this is a hard draft class to sort of look at because as I'm going here and as I made my list, I had Goudreau a lot higher when I was prepping. But then I looked at the other options, and it is it's really close. And it's weird to think that someone like Goudreau or Landeskog, who are still having amazing careers, are not in the top five. So, um, yeah, no, I'll keep I'll keep him at six. Uh, because I still think Zabenita's impact is slightly greater, but it's it's hard to tell. I think this is kind of what you're saying, but this is tricky to do because I feel like we should almost make these picks and then lock them in. Because as as like I listen to you guys make points, I'm like, oh wow, you guys are you guys are right. I, I kind of want to change my picks now, but uh, you know that's that's a time for. I'm surprised people because... haven't put Huberto yet, but. I don't know, maybe uh, I'm just... Well, you stole words out of my mouth. My sixth overall pick was Jonathan <laughs> Iberdeau. Um, yeah, you, Pat, you covered the bases with him earlier. Um, you know, one of the underrated scorers in the game. He's got a 90-point season to his name. Was I think he was on course for that again as well this year. Then He was, yeah. For me, the most underrated player in the league right now. Just nobody talks about him. Everybody talks about Barkov when it comes to Florida and how underrated Barkov is. But I guess we're properly rating Barkov when we 
constantly talk about how underrated he is. He's overrated at this point, I think. Yeah, I don't know if that makes I sense. I think he's but... overrated. He's really yeah. not that good defensively. And that's a dis- that also this is for another show, but we we have to go through overrated, underrated, and perfectly rated and put players in their categories because Barkov is overrated at this point. But, interesting. Uh, interesting. I don't know. But back to Uberdo, yeah, like again, he's got an awesome release, which I don't think people really talk about enough as one of the better ones in the league. He's also a brilliant brilliant passer of the puck like he can really thread a needle i really enjoy watching him uh play and you know it definitely a guy for me in if we're talking about team canada uh at the olympics soon if nhl players are going if there's going to be an olympics again at some point then for me should at least be on the radar because i mean how many other canadian wingers are getting 90 points right yeah, now it's exactly very impressive so uh jonathan uberdo was my sixth overall luke i will give to you to cap this round off uh same as jonathan uberdo underrated i i don't like a few years ago when everyone was saying that about barkov i totally got that i don't really know if i agree with it as much on this one regardless like he's he's still uh don't agree with what what do you mean the fact that like that he's underrated i like he's not a he's not a superstar but i i don't know maybe i'm maybe i'm just in different circles but I think he's aptly rated. Um, good player. What, what, what do I have in mind here? Six. <laughs> and this is where I would say it drops off personally. Um, I'd say one one more. Yeah. I, I, there's one I, I'm more like, for uh, me. For me, there's Not a cutoff here. For me, it sort of cuts off a bit here. I don't know. But yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I'm the last one to pick him. So everything's kind of been spoken for. Yeah, sure. Okay, uh, I will start the seventh round this time. Uh, I'm going to go with... Man, I keep doing that. Sorry. Uh, Johnny Hockey, Johnny Gaudreau. Um, this is I think low. Luke, Luke, you had him really high. Um, Patrick, oh, have you taken him yet? Oh, Pat hasn't, no. even... Pat oh, hasn't wow. even taken him yet. So that's wow. interesting. Yeah, Luke had him as high as third overall. And it's interesting that for myself, he drops here. Patrick might be even lower. I guess we'll find out. Um yeah, no, Johnny Gaudreau, very efficient five-on-five producer. I think he just gets overlooked a lot of the time because of his height, which is still, you can't believe that in today's day and age in the NHL, that players are being, uh, you know, talked about less or not considered as good as some of the bigger players like Johnny Gaudreau maybe. Um, again, I fully expect him to bounce back next year and become uh, a point-per-game player-esque type player. I really phrased that wrong, but no, I, I'm a big fan of Johnny Gaudreau and Again, one of the more fun to watch players in the NHL just because he's very, very creative, which I like about him. Uh, Luke, I'll go to you this time. Mika Zibanejad, um, finally. And like I said, I I don't... See, I have an issue with where you've put Johnny Gaudreau. I don't have an issue where with where you've put Mika Zibanejad. I, th- I think he could really fit in anywhere there. Um, and he's maybe um the one in this draft that that is still uh i don't know how to phrase it still on the most on the on the biggest upswing at the moment uh i mean there's a few guys like i mentioned dougie hamilton that are still that are still up and coming you know nine years eight years nine years into their career but uh zibanejad i think it's pretty clear he's not done yet um i like i i remember him in ottawa and good player and you know like a lot of a lot of future there but it's been pretty clear how good uh the move to the rangers has been for him um yeah i mean i again it's the placement is the biggest thing for me uh i i just i just couldn't see maybe if we did this next year he'd be higher in the year after higher but for now i couldn't really put him higher than that and that is kind of where again like i said i have the drop off between those players there Fair, very fair. Uh, and, you know, you probably had it tough there in your explanation because Patrick and I really covered yes. a lot on him, but you did a good job. Uh, Patrick, you. your seventh overall. Here I have Johnny Goudreau. And <clears throat> if I can, I feel like I sort of lumped the struggles of Sean Monahan and his inconsistencies with Johnny Goudreau. I knew Goudreau had a bad 2019-20, but every other season he's actually been very consistent. I thought he had another inconsistent season there, but he didn't. And, um, you know, 99 points in 82 games uh, season prior, uh, 84 in 80, 61 in 72, 78 and 79. Like he's just been, he's, he actually has been very consistent. And I don't think this dip in production, rather sharp dip in production uh, is 
and it, I don't think it's cause for concern. Uh, obviously, it sucks to see that when it happens, but um, I have Johnny Goudreau there. Um, yeah, and I just feel like looking at someone as inconsistent and bad defensively, like Sean Monaghan, I feel like I sort of lumped him in there when I probably shouldn't have. So uh, Johnny Goudreau at seven for me. Fair. Uh, number eight for me. And I almost feel really wrong putting him here because he's had such a brilliant career is Gabriel Landeskog. Um, One of the, again, like just, he's been clouded up by McKinnon now for years before that he was, I think a little bit clouded by Duchesne. Uh, You know, one of the youngest captains in NHL history, which I always thought was really interesting at the time they did it. Uh, Didn't understand it, but like, you know, he's, I, I would argue that he's been the most consistent player maybe outside of Kucherov in this draft. He's been, uh, you know, what you see is what you get with Gabriel Landeskog for a long time now. He's been a solid top six scorer, uh, you know, hasn't really had any terrible years or any bad years at all in his career. He's been really solid. He's very dependable, which I like. Again, he gels really well, I find, with whatever lines he's been thrown onto in Colorado, be it with the super line with McKinnon and Rantanen, or before that he was playing a lot with Matt Duchesne earlier on in the Colorado days. So, you know, Gabriel Landeskog, I almost feel wrong putting him at eight because he's had just such a remarkable career. Uh, Luke, back to you. Yeah, uh, I I agree with you with your conflict there. It's it's tough, but when you look at it, like you're not really going to put him above any of the guys we have there. I think are our top seven all the same people now that I look at it? I believe they are. Yes. So yes. I guess that's where the drop off is. Um, yeah, like yeah he has a second most he's played a lot of games um relative to most people in the draft class but second most goals second most points awesome like phenomenal player he's his line is pretty good too uh, i don't think we can uh avoid that fact but it, it, yeah it's it's tough to put him at 8 but again like you you're not really going to you're not going to really going to build an argument to to put him above anyone that we have 1 to 7 so it's it's fair who do you have at eight? Um, yeah, exactly the same. Gabriel Landeskog. Um, when you sorry, you both have Gabriel Landeskog there. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, just uh, confirm it. <laughs> when you say that he's second in behind Kucherov in goals and points, that makes you assume he'd be higher. But again, looking at his to- point totals, it's been good. Uh, Fifty to sixty, one seventy-five point season, but um, not too discredit what he's done but i cannot sort of formulate an argument to have him above someone as prolific as goudreau knowing how good he can be uh someone like zabinajad couture who i'll play more important positions um yeah i think i think here is where it starts to get i know we keep saying that but i honestly think after this is where it kind of gets weird uh, yeah, yeah. We'll I, I would argue that that top seven is like kucherov is his own tier i think right now and then there's sort of the tier after with uh couturier hamilton zabinajad shifley um and uberdo for all of us and then i i guess gabriel landscog is a tier under that but then i almost feel like gabriel landscog is in his own tier yeah between, after between, that, the, drop off after between that, the drop right? off yeah. and between everyone we have above yes right yes. right okay yeah no that's that's almost what i'd say <laughs> with this one uh what are we now ninth overall my ninth overall pick is a two-time stanley cup champion somebody who i suspect might very well be a three-time stanley cup champion by the next time uh, we see hockey on the ice. Brandon Saad goes ninth overall for me. Again, uh, like Landis Cog, he's pretty much fit well into any situation he's been dropped into in his career. His first run with Chicago was fantastic, where he won two Stanley Cups in 2013, 2015. He was a good middle six scorer then. He went to Columbus, sort of found his way there, became a more improved top six forward and uh, really built out his two-way game and then ended up back in Chicago where he was, you know, consistently on a line with Jonathan Taves and his two-way game there was extraordinary. Again, all situations type player, which I, you guys are probably getting the impression of that I love uh, guys that can play in any situation. Uh, And that's one thing that sticks out for Brandon Saad uh, for me, which has him above still the guy that went number one overall in this draft. But uh, Brandon Saad is my ninth overall pick. Uh, I'll go. I do not have Brandon Saad. I have Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And obviously the, no, he's not, he hasn't been a disappointment, but the expectations, obviously uh, his play relative to his expectations did not match up. Um, 
he was one point shy of 70, a 70 point season back in 2018. And he always has been very consistent. He's never really had, okay, no, he's had one, two, two down years, but overall he has been very consistent. And I feel like with McDavid and dry ahead of you, he doesn't get the attention he deserves. Um, he's a good center. Yeah. I have no reason not to put him anywhere, but there. And, um, I feel like people kind of forget about Ryan Nugent Hopkins at times. And, um, yeah. Your pick. I feel like this guy, like, I kind of have the same feeling with um, the 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 Landeskog issue. I I don't like where he is, but you kind of have to put him there. And I, and I'm kind of he has to go in eventually. John Gibson, one of the one of the best goalies in the league, um, without a doubt. I think he had a bit of a bit of a different. Uh, most recent year but prior to that if you like just simply looking at his numbers one of the best goalies in the league so and i and i don't think there's any huge cause for concern that he won't um get back there it's tough with the maybe uh, i don't understand the john gibson hype because i feel like everyone's talking about how good he is and maybe i just have not paid attention to it well but everyone's like he's he's the best goal in league i've heard people say you know who i think the best goal in the league is um do i carrie price okay I've heard people say, like, without a doubt, John Gibson is just like way up here, but he's on the Ducks, and he had a he had a um, a bad season. Well, he had a few things going on last season, but prior to that, like, he's been good. I, I don't I don't agree with them that he's like on his own level, but he's he's still one of the best goalies in the league, and I and I do feel for him. Um, you know, with the plane on Anaheim situation, that's tough. But regardless, you know, in in terms of a redraft, I. Uh, it's a bit tricky to put him here, but again, like I said, with Landis Gog, you're not really going to put him. Yeah. You're not really going to put him above anyone else. So nine it is. Okay. I, I don't know. And maybe it's because it's Anaheim and I just haven't paid attention to them. And I know they're bad, but I feel like from now that I'm reading more, he is good, but I've like the hype around him just seems like, it seems like it's, I, I, know, I agree. Like there is a lot of hype for John Gibson. Like <clears> I said, like, People have him the unanimous yeah. best goalie in the league, um, and I heard that a lot. I'm and I'm just looking at his hockey DB. I'm assuming in the 17, 18 season, sixty games played, and that's a lot, right? Sixty yeah. games played and a nine two six save percentage, that's pretty yeah. good. Um, it's probably good as Anaheim, honestly, because his, his numbers are good. And I'm looking at them now, like these numbers are fine. Yeah. Who are we talking so about, John Gibson? Not that he's yeah, not that he's not, because you can't disagree with the numbers. But it seems like whenever people talk about John Gibson, there's this way that people speak about him that puts him on his own, on a pedestal. And I've always never yeah, understood and, it. Not and, because, yeah. and yeah, so, uh, but that that's a good explanation. I feel like you wouldn't, like, where else would you have him? You wouldn't have him below players later on. Like, we're probably going to have, like, Miller or... I'm sure there are people that would put John Gibson, uh, and I'm looking at our list, maybe two, three, or four. Like The NHL And they would him, make an argument for that. I'm... Pretty sure. And the NHL had him four. Yes, they had him high. And and again, in the context of drafting, um, it's a goalie, right? So it's going to be a bit. The NHL different, also but... had Bennington at five for the 2011 one, but that's yes. a later. Uh, <laughs> uh, Luke, I'll go back to you again. Make a double pick here. Make your tenth overall pick then after John Gibson. Sure. Tenth overall, I went with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Um, first overall pick. Uh, like Pat said, it's, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit of a, of a tricky spot because I think everyone can agree he's been, well, maybe not like, do you guys think he's been one of the weaker first overall picks? No. In no. Okay. Well, oh, hey, well sorry, so. sorry, sorry, finish, 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 finish. Well, I was just going to say, do you think he's been one of the weaker first overall picks in the, like, I don't know, since the lock, like, oh, f- since in 15 years. Just kind of in our mm. in our memory, right? I would yeah, say they, so. there's been a lot of really yeah. good first overall picks, so I, but not in a bad way. And yeah, yeah I'm not way. I'm not saying Ryan Nugent Hopkins sucks. I just um I, I and it, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't matter that he was drafted first overall, regardless. Um, still a good player. I I don't think you can deny that mm. he's he's kind of had some some turbulence and and I, this is crazy to think. I keep. I keep realizing, like, I just want to say the past few years that they've been in the league, but it's really weird to think these guys have been in the league for almost yeah. 10 years. But yeah. anyways. Remember the World Juniors when 
Yeah, like it's that's a strange, strange to think about. Pretty wacky. Okay. Anyways, yeah. Patrick, you can make your pick, sir. Uh, here I have Brandon Sod, and I feel like he's been, even though he has been shoveled around a lot, um, and a lot of this probably falls into the playoffs that I watched with Chicago and how insane he was 42 playoff points in 81 games. It's, not, it's good for the playoffs. And um, he sort of hovered around 45 to 55 points per season. And um, being in Colorado now, I think he'll do well. Um, he'll do very well there. Yeah. And he, he, he can, he's not, they got him. They didn't get him to play in the bottom nine. He's going to be playing in the top six. And I think he's going to, if not, if, at third line at the, at the least. So um, I think 50 to 60 points is, it could, is definitely possible, especially on that Colorado team. And um, I like Brandon Sod a lot. He's a lot of fun to watch. So that's why. Yeah. I'm a big fan of his. That's why I had him uh, a bit higher than you guys. I, Luke still hasn't taken him. Uh, okay. My 10th overall pick is finally, I'm going to round off. Everybody is now selected. The guy that went number one overall in this draft, Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Uh, again, you can make the debate that he's been one of the weaker first overall picks uh, since the lockout. But again, the, again, it's like the Gabriel Landis cog being at eight. You feel wrong saying that just because he's been a fine NHL player in Nugent Hopkins. And um, you know, he, the, the focus has never really been on him, which has always been interesting when he was drafted. Um, a lot of the focus was on Neil Yakupov because he was drafted shortly after um, or was no Yakupov was 2010. Sorry. No, yeah, Yakupov was 2012, 2012. 2012, yeah. 2012. Yeah. okay. Sorry, yeah, so Yakupov was drafted right after and all the hype that came with that. I feel like there was a lot of hype on Yakupov, not so much on Nugent Hopkins because he came right after Hall did and Eberle debuted shortly after. So I feel like, you know, Nugent Hopkins has always been overshadowed because then after all those mm, guys were gone, in comes Connor McDavid. And we've never yeah. really had, talked about Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I always figured he would eventually be traded out of Edmonton which I'm surprised has never happened, but I thought again, it would be this year. Yeah. I, I thought it was last year for sure, but you know, now he's formed a pretty formidable line with uh dry and Yamamoto. So I think he almost has mm-hmm. new legs in Edmonton now, which is good for him. Cause he is a solid NHL player. Again, 60, 70 point guy, um, you know, 70 point guy once, I think pretty easily a 60 point guy in the NHL, which is again, all you can ask for at this point, when you look at a draft at the end of the day, um, you're only going to get so many elite players out of it. And if you're still getting a 60 point guy uh, in the draft, like it's fine. So Ryan Nugent Hopkins, number 10 for me, Luke, I'll go back to you. Let me just say, I don't understand the um, Brandon Saad hype. I, I, he's a good player. It was player. fun in the playoffs. He's a good but, player. He's a good, yeah. Are you, you going to draft? You get, sorry. Are you, are you going to draft him? Cause he's fun. Like, uh, I, and I don't know where um, you wouldn't, do you not know have him here? No, I don't. And I don't have him in my next spot either. I, I don't. I don't think. He's what that about good. the hype? Don't you? Oh, like I do him? think he's that good. I don't think. And when I say that good, that means eleventh overall good. Okay. Um, that being said, eleventh <laughs> uh, overall. You put JT Miller here. You you gonna put the guy with the lower point totals here? Eleventh <laughs> um, overall. You know. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I have. Uh, I have JT Miller eleventh overall. And I know there are some people looking forward to hearing this explanation. Here we go. Well, like (laughs) I I think, and, um, and my debate isn't with Brandon sod. It's with, I'll just say it. It's with William Carlson. Um, I I think, and and I could easily move. Thank you. I I appreciate that. Um, I could easily move (laughs) those guys around and yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a gutsy pick because he, you know, yeah, he's coming off of one really good year, but when you look at, and I'll use sod again, when you look at sod's totals, he's That's, gutsy sure is one word for it. He's he's sod is kind of sitting in the fifties, right? Point totals. Yeah. yeah. 50s, whereas and Miller I, and is I, hovering I, in the, well, let, mm, let me tell you well. prior to the um, prior to the trade to Tampa, you know, when he's still, a younger guy. Uh, he's not old, but when he was younger, he was on the Rangers. He was trending up. He gets traded to Tampa, obviously doesn't fit in, comes to Vancouver, puts up 72 points in 69 games, right? Like that's, that's nice. pretty good. And again, I know it's one season, but I'll make the sod <laughs> reference again. When, when Brandon sod is the guy that you have consistently putting up 53 points. Um, I understand the application of him and, you know, the situations he can be used in. I, 
if I was drafting a team, I wouldn't draft a Brandon Saad over a JT Miller or a William Carlson, but that's my next pick. Anyways. Interesting. Um, Interesting explanation. I don't know if I agree with absolutely a word of it, but I respect you for <laughs> making it. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I don't have JT Miller there. Uh, Patrick, but you can go ahead. You're alone. Um, okay. And here I was looking at JT. I wasn't not looking at JT, Miller, but I was looking at JT Miller, William Carlson, uh, and sod for all these options and this is where it gets really tricky and i thought you, you know what you i'm not gonna know didn't you did not go with <laughs> no um and again just in part because of the conversation we just had and i'm sort of researching on the side here john gibson is a good goalie and i guess my dislike or my hesitance to put him there is because people are just hyping up so much and i i, I probably i'll just plead ignorance i don't get the hype um i feel like a lot of it seems exaggerated but looking at the numbers Looking at Anaheim's roster on paper, I'd have to put um, John Gibson here. So I'll put a goalie. I don't like picking goalies. I don't think they're as fun as the other skaters. But yeah, I'll put Gibson here. I'll save the time as well. I, you know, I also don't like taking goalies, but I, John Gibson, you can't really argue with the success that he's had. He's been a great NHL goalie for a while. I actually do buy into the hype with Gibson a bit, Patrick. Um, again, I think if Anaheim was better the past few years, we'd get to see more of his brilliance and we'd hear about him more. But um, you know, when he has been in the playoffs with the Docs, he's been <laughs> outstanding. Um, you know, people don't recognize that he's taken them to a couple of conference finals now. Yeah. And stuff like that. That's just something that doesn't get talked about enough. And he's also been a dominant regular season goalie. So John Gibson, he's definitely top three, top, top five, maybe top three net minor in the league for me. And you can't, uh, I, that's hard to pass up on in the draft, no matter how you feel about drafting goalies. Luke 12. William Carlson. Um, and the more I think about it, similar situation to JT Miller. And I'm going to loop back to Brandon Saad again, too. When they're put in the right situation, <laughs> they can produce. Like Carlson and Miller can can put up a lot of points on, on a different team. And you guys said Brandon Saad, and I know he moves around a lot. And, he's, and he just stays a 50, 55. I don't know what his, what his career year was, but somewhere in the 50s, that kind of player which isn't bad, but I just don't understand why you would, uh, why someone would, would take sod over, over a Miller or a Carlson who has been able to prove that, that they can simply put up more points. Uh, so yeah, William, William Carlson. At, it's it's actually close when you look at sod Miller has 309, 309 points in 505 games. But, and so I'm not, I know what? I'm not looking at their whole careers, right? No, I know, but <clears throat> okay. Uh, here I have William Carlson, and Lu I didn't think Luke would do it, but I'll do it as well. I'll loop back to uh, Miller and Saad because I don't have uh, Miller yet. Um, while he did explode in Vegas with 78 points in 82 games, I don't think he will have 43 goals again, but I don't think he will consistently have 46 point seasons. I do think he can find that fine line between 50 and 60 and, and being a center. That's, that's why I have uh, William Carlson. Well, the Carlson year where he scored uh, all those goals was insanely fun to watch. Uh, admittedly, I don't have him in my top 15. Uh, Patrick, I surprised I'm putting him up on the board before you, but I went with Philip Deneau. Uh all the things you guys said about Carlson, I think just Deneau does it a lot better and he's been doing it a lot better for the past few years. Great two-way centerman, um, you know, and even at points this year was like a number one line center from Montreal analytically. So I don't think you can go wrong with having Philip Deneau here. And even at worst, if you're getting, looking at the grand scheme of things, if you're getting a low end 2C or the best third line center in the league, I'm perfectly okay with that right now at number 12. So uh, Luke, back to you. Last few picks we? here, I guess 13, we'll go quicker. Not Brandon Saad, Vincent Trocek. Um, he's proved he can also score goals and assist goals. He's had a bad few years. He hasn't played a full season in a little while. Regardless, uh, he can he can put up. He's proved close to 80 points. Vincent Trocek. Hey, he liked Patrick. my tweet one time, just to flex that real quick. When <laughs> Gerard Gallant got fired, I said, hey, that's really disappointing that such a good coach got treated poorly. And he liked that tweet. Anyway. Uh, I have Philip Deneau. Uh No, I don't actually. Sorry. I have JT Miller. And I don't know why I have a hard time crediting the Canucks 
Uh, I think since. I know why you have a hard time, but that's uh, all right. Okay. Um, again, nine goals in 78 playoff games isn't great, but he can, he can score goals and he's doing really well in Vancouver. I don't think he'll put up 72 points again next year. I don't think that's likely whatsoever, uh, but I do think 50 to 60 points is possible and I think he can do it, but yeah, JT Miller. Okay, uh, I'm going to go. I still don't have JT Miller uh, on my list here. And uh, Luke Trocek is not on my 15 either. Uh, interestingly, Sod isn't on my 15. So uh, Jonas Brodin at me for number 13. You want to talk about an underrated player? There's the most underrated defenseman in the league right there. The uh, You can make the debate right now. He's the best shutdown defenseman in the entire National Hockey League, Jonas Brodin in Minnesota. Um, I, he does it all. He he could, I would love to see him in a bigger market because I think he would yep. be extraordinarily valuable to a team that's a contender. And I think he just re-upped in Minnesota for, I think, seven years, $6 million a year. I think he's completely worth all of that. I would love to see him partner uh, like a Kale McCarr or a Quinn Hughes because, uh, you know, an offensive dynamo like that, I think it would be the best pairing in the league. But right now he's good in Minnesota. So I will go with him. Uh, Luke. Well, I would love to ramble on about my 14th overall pick for hours, but we're run out of time. So Philip Deneau, and uh, unfortunately, I can't go too in-depth on him. So That's real nice. That's real mature. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick, for you? Uh, Jonas Brodin. And looking at it, I really want to swap JT Miller uh, with him, but whatever, too late. Uh, Jonas Brodin, you said it there, Nick. Most underrated defenseman in the entire league. Best shutdown defenseman. Uh no, he doesn't get the points, but he doesn't have to because he is that good defensively. And like you said, bigger market, he would get a lot more. All right, you I, saw me right in there. I went with JT Miller. You guys covered all the base with him. I, I, I can sit here and compliment him like Luke did, or I can just leave it. I think he's a mid-50s good. point guy. That's fine. Uh, that's all you can ask for right now at this late in the draft. Luke, your last pick. I feel like Jordan Bennington has to go in somewhere. I know uh, someone else here didn't, but if he can, um, if he can rebuild his confidence after – having it dismantled by Elias Pettersson. He okay, will be one of the best well, goalies no. in the league in the next <laughs> few years. So. Wow. Wow. Okay. That is quite the stake. Uh, what a last pick. Patrick, for you. Uh, Philip Deneau. Um, again, we've talked endlessly about him. I, he is a very good player. He's an excellent two-way center. He's one of the most underrated uh, two-way centers in the entire league. Um, and I do think he deserves more appreciation from general media. But um, yeah, he's my 15th. I stuck another defenseman in to wrap mine off. Josh Manson of the Anaheim Ducks. Solid top four uh, blue liner. He does really good job defensively. Great penalty killer. Also solid in his own end. So Josh Manson is it for me. Guys, lots of similarities for us in the one to seven slots. We definitely uh, got a bit divisive uh, the further we went along, especially yeah. those 10 to 15. So uh Another good redraft here. Yes. This, uh, this, this was a much better draft than 2010 here. That, I yeah. think that's the big takeaway. Uh, the top three picks and six of the top 10 remain with the team that drafted them. Compare that to a couple weeks ago, the redraft we did. None of the top 10 remained with their original teams. Uh, no big bust except for probably Ryan Strome, but he's not really a bust. He's just someone who hasn't really realized the offensive potential he has. This was a fun one. Uh, next week, we're jumping back to the tier maker so we can get yelled at and we can disagree with each other. So um, that's always fun. I want to remind everyone here while we wrap up that this show can be heard on Barn Burner Radio Network on its 122 platforms. Check out all of it on barnburner.ca for all the news and updates. You can follow myself on Twitter at PatrickTalent81, Luke at the Luke Burrows, and Nick at Nikos Robinson. Gentlemen, thank you so much, and we will see you next week.